Hi, this is Ruth Friedman, and I serve as the Maharat at Ohev Shalom, the National Synagogue in Washington, D.C. And welcome back to my weekly Parsha podcast, Life Imitates Torah. So this week we read Parsha Naso, which is the longest single Parsha in the Torah, um, the second Parsha in the Book of Bamidbar. And it opens with the, the eponymous Pasuk of Naso et Rosh Bene Gershon Gamhem Labet Avotam Lemishpachotam. Take a census of the Gershonites also by their ancestral house and by their clans. Now, this is a fairly not the most compelling, like thrilling opening in that we're about to just count a lot of people. Um, But I think that there's actually something, if you look beneath the surface a little bit, there's something that's very beautiful that is happening in this verse. Now, first of all, to explain, it says also gum. And why does it say that? It says that because in the previous portion, the seventh Aliyah, they are commanded to naso at Rosh B'nai Kehat, that to take a, to count the to take a census of the sons of Kahat. Now, who are these children? So Levi had three children, Kahat, Gershon, or so say Gershon, Kahat, Merari. And they and then we will see that we are counting each of the people in the tribes in those families, um, because they're going to be the ones who are tasked with transporting the Mishkan, with transporting the tabernacle. And so it says also because we're already engaged in the process of counting them. Now, before we talk more about counting them, I also just want to note that what many have pointed out is that, you know, Naso, it means here that clearly what the implication is to count, but also really means to lift up. And that there's something that is an honor to the people. There's something like dignified. Um, There's something beautiful about counting the people in this way that it also elevates them as well. Okay, so we're now also counting the sons of Gershon, just like in the previous, um, in the previous parsha, we counted the sons of Kehat. So, when I said there's a beautiful message, what am I talking about here? Well, what some of the mafarshim point out is a couple of things. First, as we said, there's the word naso as well, also here which implies some kind of equality um, between Gershon and Kehat, um, and also that the order is interesting. Now, for the birth order, Gershon was oldest, and then came Kehat. So in fact, Bin and Gershon should come first. And that's exactly what Bechor Shor points out. He says, why are... Gershon like getting counted even there's a question of why they're even getting counted at all and then why they're getting counted second and he says well when they were counted for the purpose of just knowing how many of them there were not for the purposes of serving the Mishkan but for just knowing for the census that's when actually that's when Gershon came first why because Gershon was the firstborn of these brothers in this family. And so therefore, it made sense to count them first in that context. So why count them second here in this context, in the context of serving the Mishkan? Well, you do that because Kehat, even though they're the second born, they have the most the, the strongest level of responsibility. Their role for the Mishkan is the most important in terms of what they carry versus what Gershon transports and then versus what Merari transports. Kehat carries the most important materials for the Mishkan. And therefore, 
they should go first here for the counting for the purposes of the Mishkan. But when we were just counting, then it makes sense to go in birth order. And that's why Gershon went first in that case. All right. What's actually special about that? What makes that interesting? And I think that, you know, when, if you look at it on the surface, like, okay, big deal, that makes sense. You're just organizing things logically based on the significance. But, you know, I think this comes so much on the heels of all of the stories in our Torah about children and the way that the firstborn is often set aside in favor of the younger child, um, in favor of the secondborn, or even more than secondborn in the case of Yosef. And, you know, the, the Bray sheet is kind of what many scholars have pointed out is really a large part devoted to deconstructing the notion of primogenitor. In other words, deconstructing the idea that the firstborn son is the one who is entitled to the father's estate, the one who is entitled to really inherit the family name, right? The one who automatically gets all of the privileges, right? So Brashid is all about the younger brother than superseding the older brother, right? The older brother never has that destiny. It's always a younger brother coming in and taking that. And so by the time you finish Brashid's um, and frankly, with, you know, with Shemot also, the way that Moshe, you know, Aaron is the oldest and yet Moshe is the one, Aaron is an important role, yes, for sure, but it's really Moshe who's the ultimate leader, right? The only model the Torah has given us so far is firstborn son, mm, that's nice, but you're kind of out, right? Certainly Shmuel's out, Esav is out, Ruvain is out, I mean, he's still around, but he's just not the best guy in the world. And so now all of a sudden, <laughs> to appreciate just when I was reading this, why I was so struck by it, is it sounds so logical, but there's actually something really important happening here, which is that certainly through the lens of the Bechor Shore, and you know, the Chizkuni says something similar, and the Malbim also, they're all pointing out this tension between the Bechor, the firstborn, and then actually the order. And I think that the way that the Bechor Shor articulates it, that for the purpose of counting the people, just um, the numbers of the people, the oldest born should go first because that's just logical order, versus counting based on the significance of roles, in which case the oldest born doesn't come first because they don't have the most important of the roles. What you're really doing here, I think, is in a way striking a balance between all of the tension, the sibling tension that has come in the Torah until now, right? Because this isn't just the setting aside of the firstborn, nor is it the full prioritization of the firstborn either, right? Gahat, excuse me, Gershon doesn't just disappear, nor do they get all of the limelight. Gershon gets the limelight. They get the, the top spot when they're being counted because that really makes most sense when you're going according to genealogy. But they get the second spot when it comes to the Mishkan. Why? Because they don't actually have the most important role in the Mishkan. And I think that, you know, with the Torah here, what we're really doing is we're seeing a new model of sibling equality, of character over, you know, birth order, of being okay with being the first in some areas and the second in others, what you're really, you're seeing that emerge here, I think, in a very beautiful way. And that what the Torah, the, these instructions are really just sending the message to the people of like, you know, 
firstborn doesn't mean you're automatically entitled to everything, but it also doesn't mean you're entirely dismissed. It actually means like you get a balance and really the role of, you know, of, of families and, and siblings and all that is to strike a balance. It doesn't really answer why Mary kind of ends up at the bottom, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll deal with third children another day. Um, and also just the, the Nassim, I think really articulates, he, he takes it one step further, even in highlighting just exa- that exact message. And he says, why is it saying Naso Gamheim, right? Them also. And he says, Mashma'o Shinasa Kevodam Beezeprat Kemoshinasa Binekehat Bemasa Kodesh Hakodashim. So it says, why because we why say Gamheim also? Why use the word Naso again? Because he says, we're elevating the covet, we're elevating the honor of Bineke of Bene Gershon. Just like we've elevated the honor of B'nai Kahat because they have the job of carrying the um, Kodesh HaKadashim, the holiest parts of the Mishkan, right? And so you look at the role of Kahat and you automatically know they have a holy role. You look at Gershon and you don't necessarily make that assumption. But, says Nitzi, if we're specifically using the word Naso, not just to bring them into the picture, but to communicate that their role, their job is as holy as that of the B'nai Kehat also. As he says, and then this demonstrates that Gan B'nai Gershon Prat, right? That B'nai Gershon here are special in their own way as well. And I think that that is really the ultimate dynamic that you know we should strive for, certainly in family relationships, really in any kind of relationship, which is not to just prioritize someone because of birth order, because of a certain privilege, but to really be able to look at them under multiple contexts and say, you know, in some ways, yeah, you're first, and in other ways, you're second. Um, but that's okay, and that doesn't have to be a breeding ground for competition, but rather is a way of elevating everyone and honoring everyone who is involved for who they are and what they bring to the world. Shabbat Shalom.